0: Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands across the room and just love the Lord. He's the answer today. He's the answer for all that we need. Man, it's just... What a sweet presence of the Lord. Just thinking about that song right there. I remember the scripture where... There was a young man who came, a ruler of Israel, and he brought, he came to Jesus with news that, hey, my daughter is now even at the point of death. Would you just come and heal her? And the journey gets sidetracked along the way. There's other miracles and healings happen. This man's trying to get Jesus to his house, and before they get there, he receives that things are not just bad anymore, they're worse, that his daughter has died. Man, what a punch in the gut. I came to Jesus because he's got the answer. And before I got there, before I could get back home, now my daughter, she's dead. What if I would have, maybe I should have came yesterday because I knew she wasn't feeling well, but I, I thought we could fix it. I don't know what all went through this man's mind. As they said, don't bother Jesus, don't bother the master any further, he, she's dead. What thoughts, just his faith maybe just crushed the, the fear of going home and seeing his wife distraught over the loss of their daughter, all, all the things that could have been going through his mind, and Jesus simply says, don't be afraid, only believe. And now it's up to him, are we still going to do this? You came to me because you believed I could. I could do it. We still headed in the right direction, and they get home, and of course, the Lord takes her by the hand, raises her from the dead, and presents her back to his parents. And and then I think, wonder what he's thinking now. Wow, how things can change in a moment. And we always think about how things can change and get worse, but look how quickly things can change and get better with Jesus in a moment with just him speaking a word with just in a, like that and I'll tell you in this house today that if you can believe things can change for you today things can change for you today if you only believe come on let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house this morning what a great God hallelujah Hallelujah. If you believe he's great, let's stand together one more time and just clap our hands and shout unto God. Come on, lift up a, a, a hallelujah in this house. A praise God in this house. How about, just thank you, Jesus. Just thank you, Jesus. Man, oh, God's good to us. God's so good to us. Mm. While you're standing, I, I'm going to read. I know we've got to get moving. We've got to preach today. And, uh, to whoever's handling scriptures back there, I'm fixing to rearrange. Just They're in there, but I'm going to rearrange. I need Jeremiah 13 and 23 uh, on the board. And Jeremiah, well, he was spending time letting Israel and Judah know just how displeased God was with a lot of things. But in one chapter, he told Israel, he said, you can take, a, you can take soap and, and niter and water and wash yourself. You can do all you want to to clean up, but it won't matter because God still sees your iniquity. You can, you, you know, so all these things you're doing, putting on a show, God still sees who you really are. And then he says this in this chapter 13. He says, can the Ethiopian change his skin, or the leopard his spots, then may you also do good that are accustomed to do evil. What he was saying is that, you know, you have been wicked and evil for so long, and that's just what you do, that you're no different than a person who cannot change the color of his skin, or an animal that cannot change his fur, you're no that, there's more chance of them doing that than you doing good. That's what he just told them. He just didn't give them any. It's like, I don't see any aspect that you're going to change. But I'll tell you something today. That there is a way to change. You may not be able to change your skin. And a leopard may not be able to change their spots. Whew. But God can change your heart. <laughs> and I'm telling you, buddy when God gets through changing that heart, he ain't worried about the about the skin or the fur no more. You, you're like, I'm a new creature. I'm going I'm going I'm gonna preach for a little bit today and tell you talk about Changing trees. I know I didn't. I ain't mentioned anything about trees yet. And you're like changing trees. Changing trees. Let's pray for the lesson today, Lord. We love you and thank you for your word. Thank you for the promises of God that are yay and amen. And Lord, today we just stand here ready to receive from your word. We have loved your presence, and we're thankful for mercy and grace. So great. Bless now the hearing and the preaching of the word, that faith would arise, that we would react, and that we would be changed and be more like you. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise and a shout. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. You can be seated. God bless you. Let me tell you, you may think... That there's no hope for you. Well, I've just been this way too long, and I've just done too much, and it's just been this is just the life I am. And oh, I would love to be different. I would love to change, but it's just not happening for me. But I'm telling you today, it can happen. That you can't, as as Jeremiah told him. He said, you can try to wash up and clean up, and that don't help. God still sees. But I want you to know today that. When God spoke that through the prophet to Israel and to, to Judah, he, he wasn't uh, saying that it's hopeless. He just talking, you had to be there for the context of the people he was talking with. He had watched them over and over and over again, reject him and turn to the gods and the idols and the things of the land to do the things that were not like him. He'd watch wicked kings come and go. And so he said, I, I, I see a hard-hearted, stiff... You know, even in the New Testament, the Lord said, you know, you, you, you're stiff-necked, you're hard-hearted, you, you honor God with your mouth, but, but your heart's far from him. And he just knew that was just Israel, the way they were. But that doesn't mean that we were at, without hope or that we don't have any hope in God today. And I want you to know today, as I said, when God changes the heart, things can change. Uh, It it may not be, you can't can't change your skin color. The Lord said, you can't take thought and change one inch of your height or anything about your, that's not, you can't do it. But, so we can't change that. Leopards are not going to change their spots. They're going to always have those things. There's some things that are set that just can't be changed. But I promise you this. Uh, you can't change. You can be different. You can be whole. You can be healed. You can be new. If the Lord showed me anything through his walking on this earth, he came to people that were sick and they recovered. They were blind and they could see. They were deaf and they could hear. They were lepers and then they were lepers no more. They were dead and then they were alive. I'm telling you, Jesus is able to make a change. Come on, I ought to give him a hand for that. I'm glad today that... That I'm not without hope. In Romans 5 and 19, Paul wrote to the church. He said, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And then in Genesis one eleven, there's a principle that God established in the earth. He said, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and the herb yielding seed, fruit of The fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. The tree will yield fruit after his kind. That's why Jesus said, you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. He said, the seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And so, I've studied this before and looked through things, and trees are a very big part of our life. Trees are a very big part of in Scripture. They're mentioned over and over again, but... uh, this world would not survive without trees, but our life was shaped by two trees. But if, if we didn't have trees, the oxygen wouldn't exist. The soil would be unstable. There's no material for building, wood, paper, things we need, shelters. So we know scientifically we need trees. Gotta have them. Uh the poets have taken to verse to describe how wonderful trees are. One poet said, I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. But then he said, Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. You know, that's something we can't do. We can't make a tree. We can grow a tree, but that's only because God gave us seed. God created trees. When we're kids, we climb them. We enjoy the shade, some of our favorite food, apple, oranges, bananas, pears, plums. We love the food that comes from trees. We plant them on the outside to decorate sometimes, and those of us who are kind and don't want to kill them, we buy fake ones for the inside. (laughs) We love trees. We love the color of the fall leaves that's coming on now. We love in the wintertime the smell of winter pines and Fraser firs as you... Decorate them in your house if you're so inclined to do so. Trees are mentioned often in Scripture. Psalm 52 and 8, the psalmist said, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Psalm 37 and 35 said, I've seen the wicked in great power like a green bay tree spreading themselves out. Psalm 1 and 3 tells us that a blessed man would be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Brings forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whosoever or whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. In Isaiah 61, we know uh, that the scripture uh, that the Lord quoted when he stood up in the synagogue and he, that uh, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. Uh, and after he got through working on us, opening prison doors, healing up wounds, and fixing broken hearts, he said that we might be called the trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And so trees are very important to us today. But trees also uh, have affected our life from the Scripture. There are two very important trees mentioned that have shaped and then reshaped the lives of all of us. The tree that we first learn really think about is the tree in the Garden of Eden the one that Adam and Eve were not supposed to eat from. Uh, They could have any tree, the fruit of any tree they wanted, eat anything there, just stay away from the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then there's the tree that was on top of Golgotha, the tree that Jesus Christ was crucified on. The first Adam, Adam in creation, his involvement with the tree affected all of mankind. The last Adam, Jesus Christ Christ, Our Lord also had an involvement with a tree that has affected all of mankind. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, if you don't know, the first Adam is the Adam of creation, also called the Son of God. But the second Adam, or the last Adam, is Jesus Christ, the Lord of Heaven. So if you look at the two trees, the garden tree represents to us Adam's disobedience. The tree in itself was not disobedient, but Adam's disobedience Uh, at the tree is what affected us. Calvary's tree would have just been a cross on a hill if the second Adam had not gone to it and gave his life there. It represents obedience. One tree brought a curse of sin. One tree destroyed the curse of sin. Both trees resulted in pain and suffering. They were both that. One tree got man put out of paradise. One tree was the way to paradise. The garden tree brought death that Adam could not conquer, but Calvary's tree brought death also, which Jesus defeated three days later when he rose from the grave. O grave, where is thy victory? God can change some things. When we read about the garden tree in Genesis 3, it says that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. When they ate the fruit, their eyes were opened and their mistake... Was realized. It was a flesh appealing tree. In Romans 8 and 13, it says, If you live after the flesh, ye shall die. This tree represented temptation of the flesh and disobedience to God's plan, and by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. The cross, the tree of Calvary, was also a tree to make one wise, wise unto salvation. It did not appeal to the flesh, but to the spirit. And Romans 8 and 6 says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There was no mistaking the fruit of the tree of Calvary. There was a sign hanging above it that said this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. One thief called him Lord and found his way to paradise. The centurion looked at Jesus at the end and said truly this is the son of God. To eat the fruit of the garden tree brought death. To eat the fruit of Calvary's tree would bring life. A change. A change. John six, fifty one through fifty-five says, Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. One tree you eat and die in the flesh and spirit. The other tree you eat and die to the flesh. You eat and die to the flesh, and you are brought to life spiritually. That's why Romans 5 and 19, as we opened up with, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, but by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. One Adam shaped by disobedience the last Adam shaped by obedience each one to God and each one to God's plan Adam was disobedient to God and his plan don't eat of this tree it cost him the paradise and his walk with God but Christ was obedient to God and his plan and it brought us eternal life each one was affected by what happened at each tree and it also affected us that's why it matters. That's why the principle I said that God said in Genesis 1 and 11 to let the earth bring forth grass and herb herb, herb yielding seed. I don't know, can't be growing herbs. But um, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. I want the fruit from the Calvary's tree. We are fruit of one of these two trees and just like both Adams and their perspective trees it's either our disobedience or our obedience that will determine our future because trees bear fruit after their kind and we have all been the fruit of the first Adams tree Romans 3 and 23 says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God Romans 5 and 12 said, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Man, the scripture says, in one place a soul that sinneth, it shall die, for the wages of sin are death. You think, man, where is my hope, preacher? Because if an Ethiopian can't change his skin, and a leper can't change his spots, then And I was born into sin, and sin passed on me. Where's my hope at? Because we can't change our fruit until we change our tree. Now, a tree is going to be what it is, and it's going to produce the fruit it's got. Unless we change trees, we're going to always bear the same kind of fruit. True, that's why God put this principle there, trees will bear fruit after their kind. In Romans 11:16 and 17, here's, here's where God fixed us. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and you, talk, he's talking to the church, he said, and if you, you are a wild olive tree, but you are grafted in. Among them, and now with them you partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Verse 24 says that, For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and then you were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree. You see what he can do? He can help you change trees. He can take you out of that wild nature and put you in a good tree. A good olive tree. Jesus said, "Why you call me good? There's one good. That's God. He can graft you in to the body. He can graft you in to Christ. He can get you grafted into a new tree. And and guess what? You may have been wild, but you, you don't change the tree. The tree changes you, because you're being fed by the root. The, we've been fed by the root of David. We've been." Uh, we we're we're drawing uh, stuff from him. that's changing our nature. Peter said we uh, in Second Peter one and four. He said there have been great exceeding promises, precious given to us, that by these promises you might be a partaker of the divine nature, or we could say the vine nature, because Jesus is the true vine, <laughs> and we're grafted into Him. But He is divine, and now He said you. You won't be wild anymore. You're going to get away from that, and you're going to now be a partaker of the divine nature because you've escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. And so we may have been wild, but now we're grafted in. We've changed trees, and I don't change the tree. I don't change the vine. It changes me. And now I don't bring forth the fruit of that first Adam anymore anymore but I'm bringing forth the fruit of the second Adam because I've changed trees. Because God made a way. He, it don't matter how long you have served this world or how long you've lived without God, all he's got to do is a little grafting. Get you out of that wild olive branch and put you in the good olive branch and things will start being different in your life. That's why I said when, that's the same thing when he's saying, I'll take out that heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh and you'll begin to walk in my ways and keep my commandments and I'll put my spirit within you and you'll be my people and I'll be your God. When he changes the heart, he changes you. It's not enough to clean up on the outside and put on a show. There's got to be a change on the inside. And I'm telling you today that it doesn't matter how hopeless you think it is. You let God get a hold of your heart. You just let the Lord start working on the inside. And there's going to be some different fruit on the outside. He'll take you out of that wild world, out of that wild nature, and graft you into the good branch. I remember growing up in the wild. And I remember that that snip where he severed me from that wild vine and graft me in to the good vine. And things begin to change. In 1 Corinthians 15, 47 through 49, Paul wrote to the church, he said, the first man, the first Adam, he's of the earth. We know that God made him from the dust to death. He's, he's of the earth. He's earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. If we're still hanging out and acting like the first Adam, that's who who we're going to be like. He said, as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus said in John 15 and 4, Abide in me and I in you. He's the true vine. He said, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. He said, no more can you except you abide in me. The only way to change from being the fruit of the garden tree is to get grafted into the true vine. We need to know that the first tree, uh, the things that, that Adam did at the first tree affected us. But the thing that the second Adam did at Calvary's tree, it's also affected us. Our lives were shaped by what Adam did and they have been reshaped by what Jesus did. It changed us. It made us something different. That's why the scripture says that if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. If you're in Christ, the true vine, You've got to be grafted in the vine. Matthew 12 and 33, it is what you make it. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. What are you going to make of this life? What are you going to make of this life? Jesus has provided an opportunity of real change in our life if we'll make it. But will you let him graft you in and make it good, make it better? Oh, you, you just don't know what it's like to have a good life till you live for the Lord. So so, so what do I got to do, preacher? How about, how am I gonna get in there? Galatians 3 and 27 says, For as many of you has been, as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Baptism gets you in Christ. Romans 6, 3 and 5. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Oh, what a promise. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism in the death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You mean it can be different? It sure can be different. Because when you're grafted into the good vine, you're going to start bringing forth Good fruit, new fruit, different fruit. For if we have been plant, if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, then we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. When we are baptized into Christ, we become new creatures, fruit of a different and better tree. We now walk in newness of life. Friend, God can change you today. We are or have been the fruit of the garden tree. That's why we must be born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, John 3, 3 through 5, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. That's being baptized in Jesus' name. And of the Spirit being filled with the Holy Ghost. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's how we get into Him. And that's how we become part of the body. That's how we are born again. Because flesh and blood, it says, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 tells us that unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Because those are things of the garden tree. But such were some of you. But now you're washed. And you're sanctified and you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He made a change. Changed who we were. Changed the fruit of who we were. You can come to the music this morning. I knew I wouldn't be very long today, but uh, I, I felt like somebody needed to know that there is a change. Possible. It's not as hopeless as it sounded when Jeremiah was talking when he was talking to Israel. Hey, Israel, it'd be just as easy for an Ethiopian to change his skin color or a leopard to get rid of his spots and grow stripes just to change his, than you to do good. You know, sometimes we feel like, I just can't get it right. Hey, we're going to make mistakes from now to the time the Lord comes back. It just happens. We're going to have days where we don't feel like we don't get it right. But you don't ever have to just give in and say, there's no hope for me. Because Jesus can change you. I was not raised in the church. My mom and dad raised me to to do right and act right and be nice, have good manners, do all the things that kids ought to do. I wasn't just left to myself growing up. But when I got old enough to make my own decisions, I did. And so when I started to live my life for myself, I did all the things I wanted to do. Tried everything I wanted to try. Got myself in more trouble than I can count. A lot of things I wish had never happened, but they did. I can't change that. I can't change any of the bad things I did. But I could change trees when I changed trees God changed my heart he changed my spirit and the fruit was different it wasn't fruit from the wild olive branch anymore it was fruit of the good olive branch but Israel still had their problems and you can stand with me this morning and we even read into the New Testament as far as Acts chapter 2 Another man of God is talking to Israel that day, Apostle Peter, and begins to tell them about the the prophecies that have been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And he sums up his message saying, And this same Jesus that you have crucified is both Lord and Christ. And Israel. Tricked in their hearts, because this can't be good. If we crucified the Lord, this can't be good. Is there any way out of this? Is there any way to fix this situation? And so he said, "Men and brethren, what shall we do?" And Peter let them know that there's hope. Acts two thirty-eight. Peter said unto them, "Repent." turn from your ways turn back to god and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the holy ghost that's how you get grafted into the good vine that's how you change trees that's how uh, uh, hey that's how a leopard can change its spots <laughs> i mean that's that's how things that seem like they're so dead set and certain can be made new because that's what he said. All things are now made new. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, is that for me? Verse 39 said, For the promises unto you and to your children and all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Listen, the new birth is for everybody. There, there's no, you know, those promises are not just for the, the spiritually elite There is no uh, social rank in the house of God. There's no upper class, middle class, lower class. We're all baptized into one body by one spirit. It was one blood of one spotless lamb that was shed for all of us. There's one tree that we all got to go to. And there's one tree that we have to be grafted into. So if we stay the fruit of Adam's garden tree, then we stay in sin and disobedience, and the wages of sin is death. But when we come to Calvary's tree of obedience, it will change our very nature, and that's the gift of God, eternal life. So I wonder if there's anybody in this house ready today that I don't want to just hang around the tree. I want to be grafted in the tree. I don't want to stand out here and admire the tree. A lot of people admire the tree. They, even at Centurion, oh, this is the Son of God. As many people stood around that day and looked, watched what was happening. But it was after that that people started getting grafted in. Grafted in the vine. Lives were being changed. 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost said, received the word and they were baptized. And they said God added to the church. You know what that is? That's grafted in. He was, grafted, he was busy that day. Grafting them in but it's happening all over the world today. Even right now, somewhere, there's somebody that's praying through the Holy Ghost. There's somebody going down in the water in Jesus' name. Somebody has realized that today, I can change. And so while she's playing this morning, I'll just ask you this. Are you ready? Are you ready for real change in your life? Do you want something new, something good, something better than what you've had? If you are, come to these altars this morning and find a place to pray and talk to the Lord. If you need the Holy Ghost, come down here. We'll pray for you to receive the Holy Ghost. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, the water's ready, and we'll baptize you today and have your sins remitted, get you grafted into the true vine, help you change trees today, make a change for the rest of your life.